Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod for your free audiobook download. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, BC Pod heads? This is Matt, and I'm back making the intro on a Sunday night just before I post it. Our producer is out of town, and so, yes, I'm left stuck doing the editing. I've been doing it for a while here, getting the episode ready, posting it, doing this work late on Sunday night that I thought I was through with, but no, it's back to me. But at least I'm in my studio, right? Let me tell you about my studio. It's in my wife's closet. I'm looking at women's uh, coat hangers and earrings and bras and panties and coats and shirts and blouses and shoes and heels and everything, you know, everything inspiring for a studio environment. In fact, it really is the inspiration for a whole lot of the new Emory record as it was tracked right here in this studio. And I I feel bad now because I told y'all how signing up for and joining the BC Club would mean that we would be paying people to do things like editing and publishing and getting our podcast ready for Mondays and Thursdays, but no, here I am doing it. So I suppose you wasted your money when you joined the BC Club because now we're not using it for anything good. But really, let me tell you some things that the BC Club is funding and what it is for. We're writing new books, ebooks, giving stuff out for free. We're reworking the website. We're working on some video production stuff, and we're working on more podcasts other than this stupid one. And a lot of that stuff costs a lot of money, and we're continuing to try to get BC music rocking and rolling. As of right now, Pacific Gold's pre-order is up, so go to pacific-gold.com. If you're a vinyl collector, this one is perfect. If you're not, it's a good time to get into vinyl or just get the CD. But yes, this podcast is listener-supported. It's supported by the BC Club. And uh, to tell you the truth, I don't even know why I'm promoting it right now because according to my records, there's only one listener out there who hasn't already joined. It's just pretty much we're at 99.9% funded. But apparently, let's see, according to my notes, there's a guy named Herman Jenkins in Toledo who hadn't signed up for the BC Club yet. All right, everybody's waiting on you, Herman. Guys, I had to check my record to see if I was recording. <laughs> you know how shitty that would have been? <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. Was this Brass Monkey? Brass Monkey. That's bad Christian. That funky Christian. Bad Christian. That funky Christian. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, this this is this is scary as as, as anything. Okay. Like if you would have gone three, two, one, I was gonna do brass monkey. You're kidding. That is just that's the Holy Spirit. Well, well let me, let there's me, no other way of explaining I, well, it. Well let me start right here. God it, wanted it, us it, to do brass monkey. It could be the Holy Spirit, but Matt what? it could potentially be quantum entanglement of our atoms. Causing information to be shared from four feet away. Are you think so? And us moving at the same. Yeah, well, you think so? I actually, I'm not that. Matt, I, I Matt, how that. can you explain that? Do you explain that as purely coincidental? It could be instantaneous transfer of information without uh, traveling even at the speed of light. So yeah, quantum that entanglement. Was just could be so that. bizarre, man. You so have to get your feet off the table. You're going to destroy the, the table. <laughs> All right. While he's doing Joey's that, loun- <laughs> Joey's lounging in my garage. You have to sit Joey, up straight. We're in a collapsible chair. Okay, Matt, you, you, you know my garage setup. Paint the it's picture a for me. Ta- 
okay, is leaned his back as far as he can in the folding chair that looks like it's potentially buckling <laughs> under his weight. Both legs are on and under the on the legs of the table, shaking the table almost violently. Silently That's but violently, true. like your That's parts. And it it was going to collapse. No, and you were completely not. unaware because you have to lounge. How fat do you think my you, leg is? You have to oh three, three fifty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, well, you, you get him straightened out there and correct his posture and get him in a professional mode. Meanwhile, let me tell you. We got you. some music okay. news, man. We got some music news. Joey, let's pull, hear it, Matthew. Joey, I'm, I've got it under control. First of all, you guys want to check out the Bad Christian <laughs> store. We've got a sale going on on all the items, all our bands, everything. For 10% off, if you use the code BC10. So what that means, Joey's, if you buy $25 worth of merch, you get $250 off. If you buy $17.50 off of merch, you get $1.75 off. If you buy $22 worth of merch, you get $220 off. All right, Joey. Yeah, thank you for that. Also, uh, Abandoned Kansas Living Room tickets are for sale, and Pacific Gold's album is for pre-order. You can go to pacific-gold.com for that. But what I really want to tell you about is our sponsor for today's show, Audible. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. They have 100,000 hours of audio programs and books. You can find anything there, broadcasters, entertainments, publishers, books, everything. And so if you're already a podcast person, then you like audio and you know how to do that. So why don't you just go get some real stuff, like a real book, and you can get one free from Audible thanks to us. So the book I want to tell you about today is one that my wife and I have gone through. It's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing. So the reason the book is cool is because it's helping us get our house like in shape. And it's a, it's a really cool theory behind it. It's about you basically just take all your stuff and you go through it and it gives you all this permission to like let go of stuff and get rid of stuff and you kind of minimalize the stuff you have in your house. So I'd compare it to like, you know how like you love a perfect store in the mall that has almost nothing in it but good stuff or a website that has minimal yeah. design and you're like, oh, it feels so good to be on this site. Well, your home can be that way. And we're approaching that here at the Carter household. So the idea is everything in your house, you love it, and it has a purpose. Otherwise, she's giving you permission and methods to get rid of it all. And then it makes it where you don't even have to do a ton of cleaning because your home is organized and tidy, like something you'd see on a blog or something. But it's really good, the life-changing magic of tidying up. So you can get that for free if you go uh, sign up for Audible. So you can listen whenever you want, just like you listen to the Bad Christian Podcast. There's over 150,000 audiobooks over there. So to get your free audio book download when you sign up for a free trial by going to audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod. And as always, thank you guys for supporting our sponsors. The fact that you're doing it is why they keep coming back. The link will be in the uh, episode description here. So Toby and Joey, what's going on? Hey, listen, um, Matt, I was watching a, a Time to Kill the other day shut up joey <laughs> yes they deserve to die and i hope they burn in hell no but listen to this i'm i'm watching a time to kill because i haven't seen it in like five or six years probably longer and uh all of a sudden it stops just out of nowhere and i was like what in the world and i look at the screen and it says to flip the disc over <laughs> do y'all remember that that actually happened yeah like half the oh, disc is DVD, on one side like half the disc DVD. is on the other side yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Like back in the day, they used to have half the movie on one. It was like crazy, man. Man, what a great story wow. to start our project. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, you had to flip the disc over? I just couldn't Oh, my it. God. <laughs> Holy shit. You blew my mind, Joey. I just, 
You blowing my mind. I really I'm, my mind blown. <laughs> hey Matt, I just want to tell you where I'm at. Well, I don't tell you where I'm at mentally. Joey, we're we're we, we are recording this podcast and he goes uh out. Toby, to that was just I, hang coffee. on, I gotta interrupt you. That was just a tremendous save on Joey's dead end story back there. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. I like I was like, okay, well, we'll go with this. It's not that bad. And then you made me really laugh. I'm glad about that. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, Matt. And people don't understand when Joey tells nice a story, save. just as an example. And then I had to flip. Hey, it, the, it's been a long. And then time. I had to flip the disc over. It's been a long time. What the hell am I supposed to do with it's that? It's been a long time since I've done something like that. You I mean, are drunk, my friend. And here's what I want to say, Matt. You don't understand. We're at we're we're at How Art Thou Cafe, and Joey says I'm going to go get us a coffee because it's late, and he he has to. Joe, you have to have a coffee at night, right? He's simply like, yeah. chemically dependent in many yeah. ways no, you, to many substances. You, right. I mean, I mean, <laughs> uh, un- unbelievably chemically dependent. And so Joey goes to get us a coffee. He comes back with these round glasses filled with what looks like a, a mudslide, you know, or, yep. you know, like a white Russian type drink. What is this we're drinking? I just thought you'd really appreciate what it. What is this we're drinking? It's a double espresso vodka latte. <laughs> I just wanted a coffee. He just wanted just it. It's a black a coffee. coffee. Yeah, get him a double. I just wanted a damn vodka. coffee. All right, I I got some stuff that's been going on in my life, and I want to talk about it. All right, Are y'all ready? To yeah, let's discuss it. Joey's pounding his double espresso vodka. Uh, that's not true, Matt. Don't. Well, actually, to that, it is man. true, but it's got to be. True. Um, all right. So, Jess and I joined a gym, and it's, it's really? really yeah. Are you not guys, for a long time? You, I mean, you haven't been there for a long long time. <laughs> Can you even speak after drinking your drink? <laughs> It's unbelievable. Just, like, like you try to cut me down, and your your words are so bad. That's because my eyes are on your belly. Somebody turn off the slurring pastor's microphone. Go ahead, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, are you and Bridget members of of a gym, or you are not? Bridget, I you Bridget is. I am not. You didn't join because of money, or you just don't like it? Well, I just go run outside. It's free. It's more free. I'm with you, know, you, man. I don't, I don't like gym don't atmospheres. Know. I just hate it. So, uh, well, that's interesting because Priscilla's a member of Goals. Yeah, but, and I'll, I'll go you, with her just to kind of hang out. You're not a member. You just, you you can go with her for yeah, free. Yeah, go. Right? Why would I be a member when I can go there for free? I just can't go there by myself, and I don't really like going to gyms. Right. So, I will right. go with her to kind of hang out. But um, there's been some times where we both <laughs> Joey. Oh, big surprise! Joey would go with his wife and hang out. And hang the out. Gym. <laughs> He wouldn't work out. My God, no. Good Lord, no. I wouldn't go work out. What I'm saying is hanging out the drive on the way there and everything, but there's been, you know, sometimes (laughs) where we'll get to the gym and then I'll I'll jog way down the road. I just, I don't know. There's just something about a gym where I think all the girls are checking out the guys. All the guys are checking out the girls. The fat dude is insecure about his body. The strong dude thinks he's a badass. And it's just like there's so much stuff personality-wise, I just don't like it. Well, it's really fun- funny you you bring that up. So uh, Ben Huntington, our good friend, yep. who listens to the podcast. He does. Probably he does. listening at this exact he, moment. He, no, he, he's not listening this exact moment. Nobody is. We're recording well, this, Toby. I mean, you, you should play along. Oh, as he's listening, he's listening. I mean, he's listening to it. He's to him. Hey, it. Ben. <laughs> hey, Ben. So uh, Ben he, he asked me, do I want to go running? And that day it was really bad weather. So I said, hey, why don't we go to my gym? I'm a member and, you know, we can work out together. And uh, so he did. And so we go and we, we work out. And then as we're leaving, he said, wow, look at that girl. 
and she was like c- kind of contorted, like she was like <laughs> stretching in a really strange way. <laughs> you mean like what, like Emily Rose or something? Yeah, yeah, it was like demon possession. <laughs> but but she was really stretching in a extremely weird way. He was like, and, and as we walked by her, he told me that, and I looked at her, and I looked away, and then then my eyes met Ben's, and Ben says, "You look." He said, when I told you that, you looked away because you thought I was telling you to look at her ass. But because, he, said, he actually said this, he said, but because of X3 Watch, you look away now, don't you? Like, he said, because of X3 yeah. Watch. Because he listens to our podcast so much, he's like, he said, it's ingrained in your brain to look away from girls' butts and stuff. And I was like, no. But, and I was like, well, honestly. That's a good thing. If I had to admit it, I think I did think. Hey, maybe Ben. I, I didn't know the situation. I thought, is Ben telling me to check out this girl? He wasn't at all. But I thought, man, maybe he's right. Like, like maybe I. We talk about this stuff so much that I was like, I don't know. But at the same time, was I only looking away because my friend Ben was there? Right. That's when, when I started thinking. I was like, if Ben wasn't here, would I have looked at this girl totally? In a maybe because just only just because of her weird contortion. But so it's really interesting that <laughs> a, a listener contortion. to our podcast said. You don't check out girls because of X3 Watch. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, you don't know how many people now, um, girls, have leaned in for a hug. And these are like friends of mine that I'm totally comfortable with. And they'll give me a complete two-armed hug. And they'll be like, we know you're really uncomfortable with that. <laughs> really? Or or I'll give them a half hug. And they'll be like, oh, got the half hug, huh? I mean, it's just <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I mean, we can't just talk on here. I, mean, I know. Going, I mean, it's going to happen. Like, th- this is, I mean, I just realized these are not private conversations. They're just not. You, ju- you, just, what, you realize- just realized that? <laughs> yeah. That was a joke, dumbasses. Y'all can't sorry. jump onto a hey, joke. Yeah, sorry. Bennett, please finish your vodka, your vodka coffee. Um, <laughs> all right, so two things, two stories I have from the gym that are totally true and happened to you me. You just gave one, a contorted by yeah, a right, female. I had three total, but <laughs> I have two more. Two more. Here we go. So Jess and I are working out. Who's Jess? My wife. <laughs> you don't. You have no. His idea trainer. Uh, yeah, yeah. My trainer Jess. Um, so we're like, she's doing her thing. I'm doing mine, and she's on like the pull up machine or whatever. And right. I'm, I'm I'm doing like some kind of chest or whatever exercise on a machine. I look over and I check. Why are you laughing off mic? Why are you laughing off mic? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. No, say what you're saying. No, I was. Why are I, you laughing off mic? Someone texted me something and it was funny. It's not anything. <laughs> My phone's over there. What are Just you laughing go ahead. at? Just go ahead. Matt, I'm sorry that Joey ruined, ruined my story. Let me start over. We're working out. Jess and I are working out together. She's on like this pull-up machine. I look over, and I see my wife, and I'm like, man, that's my, my wife. And I'm looking at her. She immediately, for some reason, looks at me and gives me like a, a real frowny face. <laughs> like, oh, Like, I'm like... Why, like, she realizes I'm checking her out, yeah, her body out, yeah, and I start laughing out loud, right? Uh huh. Then I immediately look look to she's on my left. I immediately look to my right, and there's two like 55 year old women, like with the worst <laughs> face ever, staring right. At me. They, they don't know they who at me. She is. They, not right. They don't know she's my wife, and they think I'm some bearded fat psychopath. Guy creep. Checking out yeah. chicks at the, at the gym. So they think. And I was this, like, oh no. Yeah, they think this big guy looks at women, looks them up and down, and when they react negatively, he dies laughing at them in challenge. He dies laughing like a total <laughs> asshole guy. I was like, no, I mean, I'm just. That's my wife. <laughs> All right. So then, 
I go into. Are you going to the story two? This is number three. This is part two. I go into the locker room and I take a shower. And honestly, it, it is weird for me being in a shower naked with other dudes. They're just walking around, but it's okay. Totally, I'm I'm all right with it. I can walk around naked with other dudes. Not that big of a deal. But so I go back to my locker. I'm starting to put on my clothes, and I promise you, this is what I hear. I'm looking at my locker from behind me to my right. This is what I hear, and and, and I know who it is. There's an I would say he's probably 55, 60 year old man. I, when I walk back to my locker, I saw him standing over there. This is what I hear from behind me. Does that thing itch? <laughs> I, went, I turned around. He's like, he's looking at me. I was like, and he said, your beard. Does that thing itch? <laughs> I, went, I went, yeah, I mean, it used to, not so bad anymore. But I did, I literally had no clue what this guy's talking to me about or what is going on. And then I realized, yeah, he, he clarified about my beard. But I, I just realized it isn't comfortable and, 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 and let me put the context here. It isn't comfortable to totally be vulnerable naked around people. And <laughs> well, I, yeah, definitely I, not. It just isn't. Well, that reminds me I, of why I, I stopped I mean, going to the gym for that exact reason. Or last time I went was going to the gym was a member. I was in the shower, and a 65-year-old man with really long hair that looked like exactly like the Crypt Keeper came into the shower <laughs> with me, came two showers over from me. We're the only two people in there. He starts shaking, shaking. Falls down and passes out right beside me, totally naked. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I we're both you know soaking wet in the glistening shower, and I pick the guy. I have to bear hug the guy naked. He's naked. He looks like the crypt keeper, and I pick him up and put him on his feet, drag Wait. him over, drag him to the bench, and ask him if he's okay. So try that when you're naked. So he pat, he fell on the ground. Like I mean, did did your wiener touch his skin? I don't think so. I mean, it may have, but probably not. Did it? I don't recall that exact part of it, but we touched a lot of <laughs> well, wet. I mean, that's we, what we I, pressed a lot of wet flesh together. Well, well, my question it's is, slippery like bastard. in that instance, you you see somebody fall over, you're thinking maybe maybe they're dying. Are you aware of your genitals? Like, yes. so you stick. Your yes, butt you out, are. So you, you yes, know. yeah, you're a, you're a bit aware. You did do that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, yeah, Matt, did so I? So somebody's dying, and you are. Also, at the exact same time, somebody could possibly be dying aware of your body well, and yeah. what's touching them. Yeah, just to your point of this weird, being naked man, with, that, naked and wet with other men in close proximity is weird. Yeah, it, I don't man, think I would have picked him up. I think you're a hero. I, I yeah, I'm I a hero. To, <laughs> <laughs> I would start screaming, help, help. <laughs> there is a, uh, we were at um, Waterfront Park downtown Charleston. In the summer, they have these huge fountains. That all the kids, they bring their bathing suits, and they come, they run around, they play and everything. And, uh, you know, my kids are there, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this kid. I was like, oh, my gosh, this little boy, probably 11 years old, his swimming trunks had fallen to his ankles. So here he is in the public, downtown Charleston, showing his wee-wee to the world. And he is literally, like, I can't, I, I can't even believe this is possible, but he is literally trying to get his swimming trunks up, and he just couldn't do it. And I don't know if, if it, the um, string was just tied too tight or, or what. And so I, finally I was just like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore without doing something. And at the same time, like, am I going to get busted and taken to jail for approaching a kid without his pants on? But kids started pointing and laughing and stuff. So I just run full speed. I grab his <laughs> swimming trunks. I pull him up really hard, and then I just run away. Because I was just like, I couldn't take it. I was like, this kid cannot 
get his swimming trunks over his wee wee, and people are laughing, and I've got to do something about it. I mean, it's wait. Just, once you pulled up the trunks, you took off. Running? I took off. <laughs> that might have looked I just, just ran as there, pulled the them up, ran away. Well, I'm so, what am I going to do? Just pull them up and say, "Hey, buddy." Well, I mean, how you should have walked away. Like, hey, everything's okay. Well, no, I didn't run away guilty. Like, I just, I just. You didn't do a guilty run. Maybe okay. I didn't run. Right, it wasn't a guilty. Oh, run. Okay. It wasn't a guilty. <laughs> hey, Matt, I, you know, I'm, I uh, may be doing my first bad Christian wedding. Isn't that crazy? What, what is a bad serious? Christian wedding? Yeah, I didn't tell you, you this. Didn't tell me this. Well, it's just uh, there's actually a thing called a bad Christian <laughs> wedding. How, how, how much no, does it cost, it's brother a- Joey? Tell us more about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just someone. It'll, it's someone that will contact me by email and just say, "Hey, man, I know this sounds crazy, but you would you ever consider doing my wedding?" And so I've had this happen. Why didn't they ask Matt? Now? Yeah, because huh? I'm. Y'all aren't pastors. Y'all we can't can get legalized in your state <laughs> on the internet right now. <laughs> How much are you getting paid? Damn. Damn. What's so our cut? We, we get a cut no matter what. No, we get a cut, right? I mean, it's a ba- <laughs> you, you did say it was a bad Christian <laughs> wedding. <laughs> I mean, I get thirty. So anyway, I, I respond. I respond to him in a in a very um, a matter of fact. I was like, look, this is on top of um, bad Christian. My Seacoast like responsibilities. Pastor, my family. I said so. You know, I I need to say that this, you know, you've got to fly me and my wife out because my my wife's going to come with me. (laughs) You you need to pay for, you know, both of our uh, hotel and that sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, well, because (laughs) premarital counseling leading up to that, that they're going to Skype in all that stuff. But I'll tell you something, man, the premarital counseling and weddings is literally favorite part of my job part of the I mean, package it's, it's just <laughs> it's part of the package it really is discount really is one of my favorite parts of my job because i i feel like i <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead i'm sorry the time that i spend with oftentimes kids that are getting married i mean the questions that I asked them, I mean, no offense to the person that did my premarital, but they didn't ask me and Priscilla these questions. So I'm asking hard-hitting questions because my philosophy is I'm not going to be doing the premarital unless I think these two people should be getting married in the first place. But once I agree to do the premarital counseling, I tell them, look, my job is to give you any and every reason not to get married and for you to have to go through doubts and really think through, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to get married because obviously these are the sorts of things you're going to have to think through after you get married anyway. And so I just find it um, really a highlight of my job and then actually getting to be a part of the ceremony and all that stuff. So anyway, it's just neat. Obviously, there's no way um, I could ever uh, you know, do this oftentimes, but I could tell emailing with this guy back and forth that he was totally serious about this, very much so understood my position of having to really protect my time and really make sure he was serious. And so every now and then I think it would be really neat to, you know, because otherwise I would have never met this guy. Now I get to actually be a part of him and his uh, fiance's preparation for marriage. So it's just I know you got Toby's looking at me like I'm a dumbass. Matt, no, you're not. totally silent. No, I actually not. am excited about this. I know I'm you're excited for you. to get a free trip for you and your wife to wherever this guy lives. Um, he's in Paris. It's not. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's not that. <laughs> There's so many people in Cleveland, Ohio, that Joey's turned down. Yeah. <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma, no way I'm doing your wedding. <laughs> bad Christian. Paris, yeah, I, bad Christian wedding. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Guys, you know what I think about when it comes to weddings? X3 watch. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the number one thing I think about is weddings and porn and how those two should not go together. Do you remember the time when you and I both carried a Playboy magazine out to the dumpster together? Because it showed up in our mailbox. It was the person that lived at the apartment before right. we were living there. And so we both were scared to death to go to the mailbox by ourselves and throw this magazine away. Because we away. thought we wouldn't throw it away. Right, we would but, look but at it. But here's the other thing. Ourselves. I actually think if one of us wouldn't have been there at that time, I think we might have kept it. I think so. Right? You oh, know I what I mean? So. Like, like, I think that we both saw it and we are like, uh, we so, know. Now you that's know, accountability, my friend. Yeah, we literally walked this magazine out to the dumpster with Toby holding two corners and me holding two corners like it was this gigantic box and it was like a magazine it was kind of fun so now in this day and age when you can just get no, no, stuff no, on, on your what, computer the rest of the story that's really funny is like we threw it away in a dumpster but then like i at 12 a.m i felt kind of i just was <laughs> awoken i looked out the window and joey's in the dumpster just like <laughs> totally looking at that plate <laughs> you could see me in the dumpster from uh, your window oh man you were whacking it <laughs> So anyway, you know, here we are having to have accountability for a magazine that shows up in our mailbox. What about kids with iPhones these days uh, that I, can just pull anything oh, up at any second of any day? It, it's almost like the craziest thing in the whole world how much information you can get. And and also that the Internet is mostly visited por porn sites. And for me, I go to Google and I type in, pizza images that's my struggle as totally. i look at pictures of big pizzas but for right. people who are struggling with the opposite sex and naked bodies why you say opposite or same sex totally same sex x3 watch so x3 watch that this is just such a great software because not only does it keep you accountable but it keeps your family accountable it keeps your friends accountable just like joey and i Together, had in the old days, we we didn't have anything called the internets. Yeah. The internets didn't exist. We we got yeah. porn in the mail. That's crazy. Isn't it really crazy? almost I mean, didn't. Porn exist came then. in the mail. Now it comes in your phone that you have in your pocket right now. And so I think that the the really awesome thing that this offers is accountability when you don't necessarily want it or have it. Right. You don't have a friend right there to walk a pornography magazine out to the dumpster and throw it away with you. Um, I mean, this is an awesome opportunity, and that's what I want to say. This is an opportunity to change your life because a lot of people look at porn. People listening to my voice right now, our voices right now, are looking at porn and don't want to. And if you don't want to, get this software. If you haven't X3 got Watch, it yet, it's just, yeah. it's just awesome. Like, why haven't I mean, there's it, there are people here that probably said, yeah, I'll get X3 Watch. And since they didn't do it in the, that amount of time, they've been looking at porn ever since. Well, just just do it. Just go do it today. Go to x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian, and you can get it for half off. There's also a free version. But do something to protect yourself. And not only accountability, but monitoring for your family, for your kids, and everybody else. So just be safe, be smart, get X3 Watch today. All right, enough of this <laughs> boosh. Let's get on to our guest. Yeah, let's, let's this, get this on to our guest. Awesome. He is, man. I'm excited. To, he is. To I, uh, I I love me some heavy music every now and again. Peter. I'm trying to say it. I don't even know his language. That's how American I am. I have no idea what his native language All is. All it is, Matt, you know it's know? not American. Joe, you know? It ain't American. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> He does not speak American, so, That's all you gotta know. so be it. All right. All right. We'll be up with Peter from X-Toll next. Today's music sponsor is The Grandfather. Let's take a minute and listen to some more of their song, January. Oh, yeah. 
That was January by The Grandfather. Their brand new EP, 1222, will be out on March the 23rd. So make sure you keep up to date with them over at facebook.com forward slash The Grandfather Band and pick up a free song right now from them at thegrandfatherband.bandcamp.com. Dude, it's my dream to to be able to go to Norway because that's where my ancestors are from. And I just, I mean, it's just it's amazing. I'll, I've only experienced Norway through Wikipedia. That's I have it. a, my, I have Norwegian background too, Joey. Your last name is Carter. Mine is Svensson. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. On. Hey, hey, Peter, how common it, like I've been told that Svensson is almost like Smith here in America. Is that an overstatement? Uh, maybe a little bit of an overstatement, but it's it's uh, it's pretty common, yeah. Like Johnson or Brown, yeah, maybe like Brown. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> let's let's really get that dialed in. Hey, so I I'm curious, like you guys being on uh, Solid State and all that stuff, uh, you're talking to two of the guys from Emory. Like, do you think they're like a pussy weenie band? I mean, they sing a lot, and you guys are like kick ass death metal. Yeah, no, actually, we're Are you not rolling on, your eyes right now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, we're, we're not on solid state anymore, so right, uh, but, right. but uh, we, we used to be, but uh, actually, you know, I've, I've um, never really listened much. I mean, we're, we're true metal, you know, all the American crap is just American <laughs> crap. Yeah, it is intimidating to listen to, uh, to you know, to be on the phone with, I mean, Swedish metal, you know, or Scandinavian metal altogether is like a something that that has just always been intimidatingly amazing and cool to us something we've always listened to but never had a lot of experience with and but but I, you may not remember this peter but we did emory has played with you a time or two let's see if i can jog your memory on it in 2003 yeah or four i can't remember if it's three it or must four have been three we 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 didn't go to the u.s in four so okay so so you I, i'm gonna make you remember this you yeah. play. We played at a. You played a small bar in Seattle in 2003 yeah. with the Agony scene. Yeah, I remember that. And Roy yeah. Col- Roy Culver was there doing big motorcycle yep. arms right in the front row. There was about 70 people there, <laughs> and we would have been yeah. the lo- the local wussy screamo band that opened for you in the Agony scene. All right. Do you remember that show oh, at awesome. least? Yeah, yeah, I remember the place for sure. No, I do. Because it was like the first, um, I mean, first time we've been in Seattle, so I remember the small small bar. Yeah, and then we've been at Cornerstone in the same year a couple times probably, but other than that, yeah. All right, so Peter, your your uh, documentary is coming out here in April, and um, I had the pleasure of watching it from start to finish. It's is really, really good, man. I, I, I guess I just want to kind of applaud you for being so open with a lot of your anxiety issues and stuff like looking at a plot summary online and it says now with you guys kind of back in the game with uh you know start next old back and playing more music and stuff one thing that you guys are considering is um like health health issues and stuff like that is that specifically pertaining to your anxiety or is yeah it, yeah so yeah. what what sort of challenges i mean does that present specifically i know you touched on it a good bit on your documentary but hang on one second peter let me and toby catch up on this joey's corresponded a lot on this so give me and the listeners a little bit more background so there's a documentary that you guys have made correct it's a norwegian director uh, here he's uh, made the film and i'm uh, i've produced it so the film is called the extol of light and shade mm-hmm. and uh, it's a documentary about uh, the history of the band um 
you know, in, in 2007, Extol just uh, vanished. Nobody knew uh, what happened uh -huh. except from us. Uh, so the thing that happened was that uh, I got a really, really bad uh, ringing in my ears. Uh, and with that came uh, months and years with uh, a whole lot of anxiety, uh, a lot of fear. Uh, I was depressed for a while and also um, agoraphobia or, yeah. Mm -hmm. sort of like claustrophobic agoraphobic thing that happened to me were you afraid to go outside um, agoraphobia uh, I was afraid to, to drive through tunnels I was afraid of flying taking the train but also I was afraid of, of walking you know ski go skiing up in the mountains or even you know going to our neighboring country Sweden just because uh, you know this thing of y you uh, getting to a safe place uh, when you need to when you feel you want to and y you don't have that chance so in all these weird, weird situations, I mean, I've been flying so many times during my life, been touring all over the world, and my parents were missionaries. I've been flying since I was one, you know, one years old. Uh, suddenly, I didn't dare to fly, and it was just, yeah. So anyway, so I've, I've had a lot of, you know, uh, issues with, with the, those kind of mental, mental stuff. Uh, yeah. But also, uh, I think those mental things, they sort of... <laughs> I was manifested in my body, so I got like a really bad back thing, like a prolapse or disc, um, what do you call it? Like, um, yeah, prolapse uh, disc, slip disc in your back. Bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a lot of problem, you know, with my neck and yeah, I don't know, just a lot of, a lot of stuff. And, and so uh, Xtol disappeared because of all those reasons around 2007, you just went quiet and nobody heard from you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and I, I, to be honest, I didn't want to play. You know, when you have the you know extreme ringing in your ears all the time, death yeah. metal is not really the first thing you want to do. You know, yeah, yeah. what was causing the ringing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, some of it probably because of playing. You know, I, I started the band when I was fourteen, and we didn't use any you know earplugs and stuff like that in the beginning. So some of it probably because of that, but also I think. Uh, Anxiety, you know, all, all these mental things uh, has something to do with it. So, what what's kind of your spiritual resolve with all this? I, I was, um, I haven't even told this to Toby or Matt. I mean, I, I just, I woke up this morning. And these guys know that I've really been struggling with depression a good bit because we were on the road a couple weeks ago, and definitely they just saw it firsthand. And uh, I mean, I just woke up this morning just, just unbelievably depressed. And over the course of the day, kind of it lifted a little bit, but there, you know, I've done very little, um, being angry at God. Uh, it just, I'm just not the type to be like, why God, this sucks. But today I was just like, what in the hell? Like, I, I don't want this. Like I, I, I'm doing everything I can not to be this way. And I don't know how it's productive for my life or, per, you know, for the people around me. And honestly, that was kind of a, a first time for me of just being frustrated. And and it's like, you know, so not only am I feeling depressed, but damn it, I've got to try to figure this out. Like I've got to muster the strength and energy to actually pursue a solution, you know, when I, I don't even feel like thinking about it. I mean, what what sort of things do you think about when it comes to your mental struggles in, in regards to your relationship with God? I think I'm uh, a lot like you, I guess. I, I've never really had that, you know, uh, been angry at God in that way. Um, uh, but I've, I've questioned it. I've, I've you know, 
I've asked God, why can't you just, you know, do something? Why can't you heal me? Yeah. Uh, the first couple of years, you know, with the ringing in my ears, I was uh, prayed for, you know, I don't know how many times. And, uh, you know, nothing happened. Right. So, so I don't make it has um, caused me to not disbelieve in God or, or, or right. don't trust him. But um, I guess it, it has changed my my perception of some some things. Uh, maybe my my um, my my view on God and and who he is because uh, I mean we live in this world and it's full of full of shit you know right. and, um, mm-hmm. rather than than always praying for for health or or you know praying for the perfect things um, I guess my focus have been more of, on um, uh, you know. Asking God to be with me in in the tough right. things, you know. Right. Uh, How are you doing me. currently? Uh, I'm much better now. Um, yeah. All over. Um, actually, me and my wife and our two kids, we just came back from a three and a half months stay at a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. Now um, that's really. It. Let's slow down there. I, I have still more questions about the mental illness stuff in general. But what you just said sounds crazy to me. Uh, pardon the pun. I don't mean you're crazy, but uh, you, so you said you and you're your an asshole. Man. <laughs> you and you just your fam- never think before you speak. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. <laughs> you and your family all were at a psychiatric hospital. What does that What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, uh, and it sounds really crazy. I, I agree when you uh, when you say it like that. And uh, but the thing is, here in Norway, we have this beautiful place, this beautiful psychiatric hospital. Uh, that I've heard of before, and and they have this uh, family ward. They have ten houses for ten families. You live there with the whole family. They have a school for the kids, uh, kindergarten for the kids, or or daycare, or whatever you call it. Um, and we two days a week we have uh, couples therapy. Two days a week we have like uh, you know uh, courses from from teachers. Uh, and the thing that happened with me and my wife was that after all these years when I was, you know, having all that trouble, in the beginning she was strong and everything, but after a while, of course, it, it took its toll on, on her as well. Uh, and then, you know, we got two small kids and life just became uh, a little bit messy between us. Um, and it was not like we, we, we discussed, you know, whether we we're going to divorce or anything like that. It was more like, okay, in five or ten years, if we don't do anything now, uh, this might go the wrong way, um, and so luckily for us, we we got into that place, and uh, it's just been amazing. Well, I mean, the, you know what's interesting about that is, for one, uh, I I don't know if that's just part of your healthcare system or how that stuff gets paid for, but I don't know that we have anything like that. Or I'm not aware of it here, but it's it's awesome sounding because when people have mental illness it obviously is massively affect, uh, affecting to the people that their loved ones and so what you're saying there is that even if let's just say you have one uh, person in a family who's severely depressed or was a bipolar or even had something even crazier like schizophrenia that that would have such a profound effect on the people that they lived with in the family system that those people also would probably be needing care very quickly themselves. So yeah. why wouldn't you treat yeah. the whole family as a unit? And we don't look at it that way. We think take the sick person, maybe make them go to the hospital, give them medication, 
But really, the the family thing that is thrown off there is probably really, really profound. We know that with both addiction and uh, mental illness. So that's neat that your country does that. Is that paid for by your government or of Sweden, of Norway, and all that? Yeah, it's all all paid for. We get you know we got food every day <laughs> made, made for us. Yo, I'm moving um, to my hometown, baby. <laughs> yeah, Joey, I mean, you need to go back. Amazing, I know. I need yeah. to go back. Peter, is that so awesome that like people fake problems just to go there? <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, did you meet anybody that was like, like playing the system or anything? Because that's what would happen in America for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, in America, it'd be like every person you know would be. Man, I have a really bad problem. I got to go hang in. Well, it's all, it's always a discussion in Norway uh, that you know. Since our healthcare system is so good, that people take advantage of it. But I think people in general would rather just, you know, uh, work and, and be a part of society and, and do their best. You know, I guess there are some people who would take advantage. I don't know. <laughs> so Peter, uh, Toby, and Matt hate when I uh, go here, but uh, I'm going to preface by saying you've already kind of given me the go ahead because you're. Uh, a pretty dedicated listener to Bad Christian, so I'm going to ask you a Bad Christian question. Do you? And what's my heart- favorite textile song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Peter. Nice, nice. My my question actually is: Do you, in your heart of hearts, think that Joey Svensson is fat? Like, if you had to check yes or no, do you think that he is a fat ass? Yes. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. <laughs> it's it's neat because uh you mentioned in the documentary just how uh I'm sorry, you, you mentioned in your email to me how you felt kindred spirits with us and looking at the documentary definitely I picked up on that just how uh it's crazy the heat and the flack that Extol received from your own people, i.e. Yeah. church. And then you got maybe worse stuff from the the metal crowd that that are into the satanic or non-god stuff and it's just like daggum you know can't please anyone I, i i think we've experienced that not near to the degree of you guys but i mean you would have to admit i mean uh you know for lack of better words the church had to hurt you guys your feelings i mean that had yeah. to have been just horrible yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the stuff from from the metal scene and from the so-called Satanists or black metal people or whatever, that that part was never hurting to us, and and uh, we we were never scared by it, except for maybe one time when I was uh, 15 years old and uh, a bunch of black metal, you know, people started spitting on us at this bar, but uh, apart from that, I've never been any scared or, or yeah, but but all all the stuff from from. You know the Christian people, especially from from uh, people we knew or churches around you know uh, uh, around our church that we were um, being hanging out a lot with. When they started to to have prayer meetings against us, and and uh, you know uh, you know they told they told their kids to they told their kids to to burn you know all our our CDs and T-shirts and all the stuff. What specifically was, was, was the problems certain. they were having with you, Peter? Well, they thought they were Satanists. For what? I mean, I, I mean, at what? I mean, can you be more specific uh, about it, what they were having a problem with? They never really approached us in that kind of way that they were wanted to talk about it. It was just like, "This is wrong. Uh, you guys have a bad influence on our kids. Uh, this is, you know, from the devil. Whatever. I don't know. Stuff like that. 
And I, 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 I can understand the cultural difference. I, I really do. Uh, but uh, uh, at least if, if you feel that way, you should be able to sit down, talk, try to understand what this is all about, you know. But they just uh, didn't care about uh, trying to communicate with us. They just thought it was bad. So I'm assuming it was Christian metal. I mean, is that what you guys considered yourself? And then with that, is it was that like super? I'm assuming that that was a, just a big rarity, right? Like, the, you, like were you guys like the only Christian metal band around, or in 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 where you grew up, or is that why you got it from both sides, or was it, or were you guys a normal band that, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, we're we're Christians, and and uh, I mean, we started in in '93, '94, so it was still early in the in the Christian metal. I mean, even in the U.S., there there weren't too many death metal bands, Christian death metal bands at, at that time. There were some, of course, but uh, um, yeah. So we were early, and and uh, it was just very very different from from what people had uh, heard of or, or even seen. I see. Um, yeah. So I guess your, that's why your lyrics were or your lyrics basically, I mean, are blatantly Christian. Like yeah, a, for sure. <laughs> but people still thought just because it's heavy and you're banging your head around, it's got to be devil worship, huh? Yeah, and also I remember very well uh, our worship uh, pastor at that time. He, he, uh, I mean, he was a good friend of ours. But he was like, Peter, the way you sing, I mean, I've cast out demons. That's just like just like that. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I mean, that's crazy. That's because I mean, you're, that's just sounds that you can make with your vocal cords. So. Even yeah. even in a, let's, let's say demon possession, that's the demon causes the person to scream with their vocal cords. I mean, it's the same physiology that you share with the demon possessed person, but that does yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's that, that crazy. Is, yeah, that's what's funny too is like no matter what. I mean, there's plenty of evil in the world that doesn't involve screaming and headbanging. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, like telling, that's, the- that's like saying that to a gymnast, like you know, on the movies where the the person bends over backwards and does all kind of stuff when they're possessed. That's like telling yeah. a gymnast. <laughs> I've seen demons do routines like a floor routines like that. <laughs> Actually, my kid was vomiting the other day, and I think he has got some demons. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that is really a funny idea about <laughs> mis, mis, misattributed demon possession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Toby, every time you start your damn news, there is something that happens to you. Yeah, I think true. you are possessed. That's true because it is such sucky news. Totally. So, uh, Peter, I was going to ask, too, like, I mean, being from where you guys are, were you guys ever affiliated, like, with Refused, the, the band? Or did you guys swap out with other bands uh, over there, members or anything like that, with, with other bands as well? Uh, not not with Refused, but um, we toured with Blindside, um, and they were really influenced by Refused, I guess. Uh, did they get pretty big at, at one point, Blindside? They were, they were actually pretty yeah, good here in America. They, they went big. to a major label, right, from Tooth & Nail? Yeah, they got yeah big, I think so. Yeah, were they big over there as well with you guys? Yeah, for sure. I, I think actually they were bigger in the U.S., but they were big in Scandinavia as well, for sure. And you, you guys were on Face Down. Now, are you independent or what? No, we, we're on. I mean, we didn't release anything, uh, you know, from 2005 until uh, 2013. So um, the 2013 title is uh, released through Face Down. Man, the uh, the documentary really is good. I mean, I, I would say um, growing up, my my brother listened to more of the death metal stuff. For me personally, it, it wasn't necessarily my style, and so I was watching it from the perspective of someone 
who didn't necessarily, you know, consider himself a big extol fan. And I was very much so sucked in and interested from start to finish. So highly recommend this to our listeners. Like, so when it comes out in April, um, where can people get it? Uh, they can get it at uh, extolofficial.com or extolfilm.com. And uh, we also start a pre-sale um, uh, mid-February. Uh, we can pre- pre-order it on those uh, sites. Well, we will definitely uh, make sure that's on our Facebook, too. I would love to put that out there so people can hear this what was it like and... making a, a film was it hard to do i mean for you because you directed it you said uh no i, I produced, produced it. it um yeah what does um, what does that mean like what you were in charge of hiring the director and uh just overseeing everything i, I guess it's just every you know overseeing everything from start to finish and and you know uh, getting finances uh for, you know for the extol film we did the crowdfunding campaign we got uh uh, yeah, a lot of money from there, and and then uh, actually an American investor put a lot of money into it, and we got it from some film foundations over here. So yeah, just it's a lot of work, but it's it's really fun, and uh, yeah, just work hard, and and I think we'll reach our goals for, for our projects. Why did you decide you wanted to put a, a big component of the mental illness thing in the film instead of just band documentary? Well, because uh, of of course it, it explains why I, I left the band and why we had to quit. But mm-hmm. uh, also, I feel it's really important to talk about because um, at least over here in Norway, I don't know how it is in the U.S., but still seems like almost like a taboo to to be really open and, and honest about uh, mental illness. And it's like when I hear even your reaction when I say I've been to you know psychiatric hospital, we still think it sounds crazy. Uh-huh. And um, I guess I've just realized over the last couple of years that it's not so much more crazy than being in a normal hospital where you fix your heart or your broken foot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just wanted to, to um, yeah, be a part of that trend that you guys are having with being open. and Yeah, so you want to help to destigmatize destigmatize mental illness particularly and maybe as it relates to Christianity and the church as well as culture at large as a whole. I also want people to have some hope because there is hope. Like my uh, agoraphobia thing. I mean, I've been flying for, for seven or eight years. I've really, I haven't taken an elevator for, you know, six years. Oh my gosh. Still? And, um, that's still like an actual thing that's, that you go through daily? Yeah, but listen... After we came back from from the psychiatric, they sent me on to to a new therapist who was specialized in in uh, I guess phobias. What do you say? And after five minutes with him, the first uh, you know uh, session with him, he was like, "Hey Peter, let's let's go for a walk." So we we, we walk out of his office, and uh, his office in is in this uh, mall. So we went out of his office, and then. Straight to the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we, we we stood there talking. He was, you know, showing me. So you push this button, and the elevator comes down to you, and you know all that stuff, uh, which I of course knew from from before. But then after you know twenty minutes, I've been taking the elevator with him several times, and uh, before I left, I took it alone several times. And then uh, the next week, I took uh, you know the train to Oslo, which is like a I don't know train ride with a lot of tunnels and stuff it, w- it was fine and the week after that I, f- 
I took the plane. I went over to England to see a Liverpool football game. Uh, so, so I mean, just just to let us in a little bit, I mean, like, what was it just his demeanor that made you feel so comfortable to immediately do that? Like you said, it was literally like five minutes. I mean, that's that's crazy. Peter, I want to ask, I want to clarify what that is therapy wise. I don't know if we have the same words for it, but that sounds like cognitive behavioral therapy to me. Yeah. Is that what yes. it is? Yes. Okay. So, yes, so to, sure. Toby's asking, what 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 is that? What could he possibly do in five minutes that could change something? <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Uh, and to be honest, I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's it's really hard to explain. One thing though that we, we talked about, and he he asked me like the third time I was there, he asked me, "So Peter, why do you think this is going so well?" And uh, motivation is is a huge uh, factor, I think, because I was really motivated for just getting rid of this crap, you know, because it's been um, it's been bad for me. I mean, even for my my family, my wife, she's been like, Peter. Please can we, you know, go to some big city in Europe for a small vacation? You know, go. I don't know. I was like, no, let's just drive over to Sweden or Denmark instead, because <laughs> I don't want to take the plane. You know, so it's been it's been really bad for me. But he he also taught me some techniques, uh, like uh, when I get uh, these automatic thoughts, or fear fear thoughts, um, some stuff that I should tell myself, some stuff that I should do. I'm pinching my my hand so hard, uh, you know, when I get these thoughts to to uh, stop focusing inward, but uh, and start focusing outwards because my problem is my thoughts. They they uh, they really uh, if I let them, they will you know just destroy me, and I, I will I won't be able to to get out of it. Uh, so so I guess that's the main thing he taught me to to control my thoughts. Uh, you can control thoughts coming, but you can control them, you know, f- uh, stop them from, from uh, making an, a nest, you know. Definitely. I mean, that is just so interesting to me. Like, just you're talking about your marriage and your whole life and the people that it affected too. So, like, your phobia also affected even your family and everything. And then definitely through, through this, like, you feel some freedom. Is that, is that, because that's what it sounds like to me. Like, Are you kidding me? Of co- I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, the last three weeks, I feel so free, you know. Yeah. I can I can do stuff that I haven't done for many years. I I, I flew to England. I mean, it's wow. it's uh, just a month ago. I, I was you know I, I didn't even want to think about it. So it's amazing. I think where that overlaps with a lot of stuff that we talk about and think about is the way that we the way that we deal with our own thoughts and especially being like you said he said turn inward the being inward about it and that's what we talk about a lot not necessarily in this context is people being alone or alone with their thoughts or isolated from other people whether it be sex or addiction or mental illness or their thoughts or their fear about god or you know their salvation those when those when you start to think things and then they're just private to you and then you don't share them that's when they they can actually begin to affect your thoughts on a deeper level, then your identity on a deeper level, and then even all the way down to your physio- physiology and to like the state of your brain itself, and to where it but does become just a you know a physical thing. So all that starts with being open, being honest, talking, telling other people. You know, and I think yeah. that's definitely the common ground that we have with you, Peter. So we appreciate your nuance totally. uh, uh, and details on it in the in the realm of mental illness, because that's something that we think about and deal with a lot, even just talking with Joey. And it's very helpful to hear other people. You know, no matter what, we always love hearing people. I mean, for whatever it means, it's 
feels good to hear other people talk about stuff that's bad or wrong or messed up even with them. And I don't mean that in a way like it, I'm, we're glad for people to have pain, but something about talking about it feels good. Yeah, because, I mean, it had to be tough. I mean, and, and I would love to hear your answer to this. Was it like, was did you have shame or did you just feel anxiety from having, like, you, you couldn't have wanted to tell anybody, hey, I'm afraid to get on the elevator. Like, when, when that first started happening, that had to be, like, the freakiest thing ever, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I was embarrassed mostly, I think. Just, uh, I mean, how childish can you be? Come on, Peter, just get on that elevator, you know? But what happened to me was that uh, for a period of time, I, I, I felt this, okay, I don't want to take an elevator, but I, I still did it. I forced myself to do it because I've heard people say, if you start getting, you know, fears for elevators, you, sh- you should just do it, you know? So I did that for a while, but then suddenly the nightmare happened. The elevator stopped and I was trapped oh. alone inside it. No way. <laughs> so it was like my worst fear come true, you know. Oh my god. That would be scary for anybody. Yeah, oh, and it was the wow. it was the it was the warmest day of that summer. I, I think it's like seven seven years ago. It was uh it was some it was terrible. How I mean, long were you in it? <laughs> it wasn't so long, maybe fifteen minutes. I bet um, it felt like a long time. Yeah. And what was funny was the reason I was in the elevator was because my wife, she had forgotten her her bank or like a visa card at home and and she needed it. So I I rode my bike to her place, to her job and gave it to her. And then uh, I took the elevator and it stopped. (laughs) And so after 15 minutes, when it finally, you know, opened and I could climb out, she was standing there with three or four of her colleagues that I've never met before. And inside that elevator, I had stripped, you know, I, I was only in my, in my shorts, you know. So I was just climbing out, totally pale, sweating like a pig, you know. <laughs> and then my wife, she was like, oh, hey, guys, this is my husband, Peter. Uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, did guys, that, uh, did where, that incident set you stairs? back? Did that set you yeah, back? Yeah, for sure. Like, for, after with... that, yeah. After that, I I just totally stopped, and and everything you know became worse. Like I, I stopped even taking the bus and the train and tram and you know the subway. If there was a jam, traffic jam inside a tunnel, I would totally freak out and turn the car like in a really dangerous way. And yeah, it was just terrible. Do you think you're gonna struggle with mental illness the rest of your life? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I talked a little about uh, this with my therapists, and uh, I, I don't think so. I, I, I hope not. Uh, anxiety is something that you, you can, you know, really work with and, and uh, be free from, and same with phobias. So I, I have hope. Uh, and already now I feel, I mean, after those three and a half months in the hospital and this, you know, therapy sessions with this guy, I feel so much better. Uh, in general, so uh, I have good hope. That's that's really good to hear. Yeah, because I mean, anxiety is a weird one because everybody identifies with that on some level. Everybody has some form of acute anxiety here, or there about an issue, and then it's a whole other thing to have it on that chronic, deep, life-altering way. But it's uh, it's really it's really nice to hear somebody that suffers from it in these extreme paralyzing ways is uh, accomplishing stuff through doing some work and hopeful that. You know, you'll be even totally free from it. Is there some spiritual element to that, or is this just a worldly, you know, therapy that helps you manage? I think that's always a, a hard question. I really never know what's spiritual and, and what's not, and even if there is any distinction between spiritualness and worldliness. I mean, 
life is life and the spirit of god lives within me that's about as much as i know <laughs> to be honest <laughs> i mean yeah do you understand what i mean I like do. Uh, i very much do I, but okay I, a lot of people are looking oh, okay, to so, see so, so, go ahead yeah so i prayed god I, of course i prayed to god you know help me with this anxiety stuff okay you know help me with this uh and i also went to the you know to, to the therapist and why it helped i'm not really sure it's probably both <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yeah so you just look at, like you look at it you can't separate it because god's powerful and he used your therapist or god's powerful and he wants you to go through this like i mean even if god didn't heal you god's still god so that that's what's tough to decide and people always want answers and stuff, but it's, it, that is really hard to figure out. Like, I agree. Like, I mean, did, did the aspirin fix my headache or did I, was it the prayer that I did? You know what I mean? Like just on a simpler level, obviously. And, but I mean, like, I mean, God, God is in control is what I believe. So I, I understand totally what you're saying that it is hard to differentiate because it's all God probably is what I would say. Exactly. And that's my point as well. And, uh, like lately I've just stopped really caring about whether it's, you know, uh, I should label it God or myself or someone else. I, I don't really care. I mean, it's like you say, I believe God is in control and, and that's about what matters to me. Well, a lot of, a lot of Christians reject, you know, what they would call secular therapy or something, you know, which is certainly not me. Uh, but I also do like biblical counseling and therapy and think they can help, can be helpful and very useful too. I, I'm a big fan of both, but I was just curious, is there a spiritual component as you see this or any spiritual work you do or, you know, if there's any biblical stuff that that relates to this or not, but it's okay either way. Uh, what did you call it? Christian therapy? No. What, what do you call it? Yeah, well, uh, biblical therapy. Yeah, but some people say biblical, biblical counseling therapy. or therapy. Some people would only tell you that you know you need to read this verse and pray and you'll be healed. For instance, like that's that's a naive approach and not something I agree with whatsoever. But at the same time, I've seen there are there are. Uh, people that have spiritual and identity issues, and I've seen I've seen biblical counseling and therapy be very helpful for them as well. So I was just curious if that if the spirituality plays much a role in your in your uh, for sure work you do. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, uh, e- even at the psychiatric hospital, they have priests or whatever a minister, and uh, I talked to him almost. Well, not almost as much as I talked to the therapist, but I had like weekly um, sessions with him, uh, you know, talking about church, talking about uh, spiritual things. And also, you know, uh, I mean, life is is a whole thing, you know, you, you can't really divide anything when it comes to life and living. And even with the body, mental health, uh, you know, physical health, spiritual health, it, it's all connected. Um, so I think we, we need, you know, we need everything <laughs> to be, to be whole. No, yeah. totally, totally agree with that. Peter, I have a quick question too. Like, I mean, honestly, like when we're in America, we are super self-consumed with America and we always hear like you, like there's no churches where you live. We need to go do mission trips to help save you guys. What is, what is <laughs> Christian, what is Christian life like? For a Scandinavian, I mean, are you a rarity? Is do you attend a church? Are you a church goer? Are you? How do you live out your faith? Yeah, that's a good question. Church has been—I've been so frustrated with church for for a, a decade now. Um, so I'm born and raised in a sort of like a, I guess you would call it a Pentecostal or sort of like an Assemblies of God sort of church. Uh, been there until I was. Um, 
17, 18. My parents were missionaries. We lived in Africa, Kenya and Congo. Um, and then uh, we started a church uh, with some friends of mine, uh, metalheads and punk rockers and artists uh, called Sub Church uh, back in, in 97, 98. So after that, I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, that was like my, my church, my family, my, you know, my everything when it came to church life. But I was, after a while, I don't know, uh, I felt we had this unique opportunity to create something new, something uh, different, um, something, you know, ex really expanding uh, this little box that we call church. Uh, and in many ways, I, I felt we ended up more or less like everybody else. And uh, that really frustrated me for a long, long while. And uh, I, I couldn't really understand why. Why, why weren't we able to... Uh, but I didn't really... I, I couldn't really uh, understand myself what to do because this church box is so defined. It's so small. It's so, you know... Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I, I'm still struggling with it. I, I think it's really frustrating. I feel alienated when I go into a church... Uh, not necessarily from the people. I love people. I love, you know, of course, in subjects, they're some of my best friends. Uh, but like the the form, the Sunday service, uh, I don't know. Well, Peter, I'm, we ain't got no I'm answers bored. for you on that either. We're a little bit disappointed and frustrated <laughs> at times as well. So, but you guys, you guys work in mega churches. You even work there. It's like your day job. How how do you how do you cope? <laughs> man that, that'll take two years for me to answer I, here's what i i agree with you i don't understand with with the world that we live in and how many people have access to information and there's a, a real uh do-it-yourself mentality i think in the world or, or or the ability to do it yourself why does church always end up looking the same i i agree with you why, why i mean it's like and the reason it's why, a mystery yeah well Honestly, the reason why I think is it's the easiest possible thing and you get out, you get to claim your Christianity and your works in the easiest possible way. The easiest possible thing to do is somebody plans a sermon for you and they have some communion wine and bread there and some music and a building with air conditioning or heating and some donuts and coffee and, that, uh, and that's where you go. And then every once in a while they plan an activity to go help the less fortunate. Like that is the easiest thing to do. It's way harder to have a conversation with somebody and disagree about some things and agree about something like, like in a real setting. And so I, I really do believe that lives are changed by church. I, I work at a church where I do see lives changed, but I think it's it, like the church has done such a, such a bad job that we have to kind of spoon feed people now or else they won't even come. And the world's so busy with other stuff that that's even maybe more entertaining than the Bible that it's just easy to do that. And it is frustrating, man. I, I, I deal with that a lot of, Man, is this what I mean? We're talking about the God of all creation. Yeah, is this it? God for our sins, and and this is what it is. I mean, yeah. it literally is. Don't don't say a bad word, and you know, make sure you pay ties to this person and come come to this room at once a week and listen to a certain like. That's it. That's that's what all creation boils down to. Of, of our eternity boils down to doing those few things, and I. So it is frustrating to me for sure, and at the same time. It's frustrating because I do see the good works of it. I do see that my church is working. It is working, 
But but at the same time, I'm frustrated. So, yeah, it, it, it's really tough. And, and honestly, I mean, that's what we talk about on this podcast all the time. I don't know what 50 years looks like from now because I don't know how long that will last. The, the, the next generations are figuring it out way quicker. Oh, wait a minute. I, you mean I'm going to go to a church? Well, if, if I want to learn about God, I'll do it on the Internet, and then I'll, you know, in 15 minutes, and then I'll go out and do whatever I want to do. And so we, we really do need to, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I love the idea of, I mean, like, right now you're a movie producer. Like, how cool is that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I mean, the idea that you can do that, like that entrepreneurial stuff, I mean, tapping into, like, I mean, like those things are big and scary. And, and then when you figure them out, you're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And we don't have that in the church. You don't have these big and scary things where you're like, man, I, I, wait a minute, I got to, you know what I mean? It should be more like, hey, I don't, I don't speak in front of people, but th- this time I'm going to. Or, man, I don't like going to that part of the neighborhood and just hanging out and talking with somebody that needs needs an ear to listen or something like that. I, I do think all those things, I agree, man. The way you said it is exactly right. Like, it's just so frustrating that everything all of a sudden just ends up the same. I mean, uh, wait, we started something awesome, and oh, yeah, well, it's, it's so awesome that we need to make it like everything else. <laughs> that, that's so sad. So sad. Well, sure. well, let me say about subchurch. I mean, uh, it's like you say – it's it's good stuff. I, I can really see all the good stuff as well. So I, I guess I sound a little bit skeptical, but um, and and in some ways, sub sub church is 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 uh, different. I think it's um, some cultural differences at least. And uh, of course, it's my given the frame of things for a uh, Norwegian death metal singer. I don't think you sound too skeptical at all. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another thing about church is, like now I have two kids. One of them is two and a half, and the other one is uh, is five years old. And so now I suddenly have to think about, okay, so if I'm going to be at church, I'm going to bring my kids. Uh, it's like, are we indoctrinating them, the kids? Yeah, I think about that all the time. I mean, I, I don't. I, I, I mean, I, of course I want to teach my kids truth, what I believe is truth. But also, I guess what I most want is for them to be capable of making their own good choices when they grow up uh and and how do you do that how do you do that in church is it room for for the skeptical questions for for the kids uh so i i don't know i'm just i I think it's scary (laughs) well if (laughs) we if we don't make room for those kids then everybody else will and that's I mean, I, I think that's what we're seeing happening. So I'm, I'm totally fine. I mean, I, I would even go so far as I'm totally fine with trying to indoctrinate my kids with Jesus. Like, I just want them to know Jesus, what Jesus has been in my life, what I've doubted, what I've struggled with and all that. But I, I don't want them to be indoctrinated into a system that says this is how you do things. Well, the other thing, too, is like I, I don't we don't do that with other stuff. Like when little kids, I mean, the number one thing everybody wants to tell a little kid is you can be anything you want. But with our actual faith, the God of all creation that did everything, we say, this is, you can do anything you want except for here's what it is. Go here to this place and listen to this guy talk and you do that every Sunday. Like, I mean, like, like, I mean, you could do so much with Christianity that it just can't be that simple. And I, I really do think, like, I, I agree with you. Like, I do fear, like, am I, am I lowballing my kids with like the thing that I, that I claim is the most important to me and our family? I don't want it just to be, yeah, man, just grow up and make sure you go to church. Like, that's what my parents did to me. Like, and, and the truth is, it'd be way better if my kids knew, hey, listen, you might believe in God, you might be a total Christian, and tomorrow you might wake up and be experiencing unbelievable uh, phobias or panic attacks or depression or fear 
or worry or financial. I mean, like all those things are real for Christians. And I, that's, that's where I get really worried or, or concerned about. Like, I don't, I don't ever want to sugarcoat it for my kids. Like, Hey, believing in God does not at all ever mean that you're going to have a great life or get it. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's not the case. Like, in fact, it, it seems like most of the Bible characters didn't, you know, anybody from the Bible, even with walking around with Jesus, didn't get it. So Toby, I'm going to cut you off there and say, Amen. I agree with what you're saying. Thank you. Peter, we're going to have to do a part two sometime, man. This has been unbelievable. Yeah. Tell, tell us tell us the website again, and we might have to get one of these uh, Southern English boys, me, Matt, or Toby, to repeat it just so people can understand your Scandinavian, <laughs> as Toby would call it, yeah. dialect. Hey, guys, am I the first, like, uh, non, uh, like uh, the first international? Yes. Totally. Yes. Totally. Yes. 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 <laughs> so tell us that website again so people can pre-order. Okay, if you go to extolofficial.com or extolfilm.com. Awesome, extolofficial.com. Very awesome. Man, thanks so much. And, hey, your email to us did mean a lot. So thanks for yeah. reaching out. I'm glad we were able to do this interview, man. Yeah, that's a great interview. Awesome. I think I've, I think I've listened to almost all your uh, podcasts. Oh. Nice, and you're still listening. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. You guys are so – I mean, okay, to be honest with you, I uh, – after the 2005 U.S. tour we did, I hated every American person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, ev- like everyone. <laughs> Seriously, just ask my friends. They'll tell you, Peter hates America and Americans. <laughs> so you guys actually opened my eyes. To, you know, okay, there might Dude. be some... There might be some fun, fun Americans we, over there. We opened a European's eyes to Americans <laughs> <Wow>. again. <laughs> like, we almost... So we're we're winning. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> I mean, that's almost as much as like a conversion to Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you, Thank Peter. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. That was awesome. It almost feels like everybody but Americans are so much more chill about every fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, are we rolling? Yeah, rolling. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm just like, I mean, the guy is just. He's just alive. And he believes in God. And he's trying to figure out his life. I mean, that, it's not is that some the, agenda. Is that the basic requirements for Toby? He's alive. He believes in God. And he's just so chill. And he's trying to figure out his life. But it's not. There's no agenda with Peter. He's just a real person that's just talking about life and his and his faith and the stuff that's going on. I mean, I just like golly, man. It feels refreshing. Yeah. Not to have some kind of agenda. Like I feel like Americans when I talk to them, no matter what, there is some agenda completely like i i know we've talked about this stuff before but i'm just like man come on ah it's like a breath of fresh air because i mean christianity i do believe is different in 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 their country than than here because i believe ours is just so commercialized and so left or right and so uh, against each other that you just can't even hardly have a conversation without yeah. Being like, man, you're really messed up. When you have a language crazy. barrier or it's international or something like that, something's different because you give them way more, like, let's say, a benefit of the doubt or something to where you don't, you're not <clears throat> micro judging all their phrasing and words they say and the way they would say it and put them in categories because you don't have the category for it. So it becomes, in a lot of ways, a lot easier to understand their point of view because it's less, you know, you have less predefined categories for it, I guess. Yeah. Do you realize how smart, uh, like, w- when, People are talking like he talked with English being a second language. Do you realize he fumbled for a second looking for a word 
indoctrinated was was the word or was indoctrinating (laughs) and he found it too could you imagine me or toby talking and be like oh what's the word oh and then say indoctrinated german or i can't think of the word what is it oh yeah a donde es the banyo (laughs) 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 how about this i don't know what his actual root I don't. I, I promise. Is it Norwegian? I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I'm from there. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, I don't even know. I have all I know is English and I know Spanish. You're right. I mean, it's the same thing. Like my, I would have gone. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Taco. <laughs> I only know some words in Spanish because of Taco Bell. No, no, Toby. Toby it's does know a good like. amount of words in Spanish, but they're all dirty words and funny phrases. That whenever we go to <laughs> somewhere with this, he's asked, constantly asking them how to say. Uh, here's one of them: is uh, las salchichas calientes en mis pantalones is one of Toby's Spanish <laughs> phrases, which means they're which hot, means hot sausages, sausages in my, my pants. pants. <laughs> <laughs> I asked. I worked. I, I worked with some Mexican guys uh, uh, the summer before we moved to Seattle with Emory, and I would that I I learned a saying and asked them, "Hey uh, guys, I have." Hot sausages in my pants. What do I do? And I said, they just all died laughing. But yeah, that, hey, speaking of other languages, though, that's what I thought too. You know, people have a problem with our the language, English language that we use. I thoroughly think we need to do a podcast uh, a few weeks from now where no matter what, anytime we want to say a profane word, we just say it in another language. <laughs> Joey, Joey, you know German, so you you pick German. Matt, you can have. What do you want? Your wife uh, is fricks do be like a slumper. <laughs> Your wife is part, uh, what, uh, half Mexican? Yep. Half quarter Mexican? Half Mexican. Um, so you can, you can say all Spanish <laughs> words. I'll, I'll, what, I'll pick Peter's just... language. And let's only use profanity there, and I guarantee you nobody will say anything. Even though you're saying the exact same words, the exact same intent, they won't say anything because of that. Are y'all down? I just yeah. realized that if we have any German listeners, they're going to be like, is that the first thing that came to Joey's mind? What did you we say? We don't know you what actually you said. Said a bad word? I said. I said, F you, you cheap slut. <laughs> what <laughs> what so was the word you used? A German listener will be like, what in the hell's wrong with Joey? Like, that's the first thing that came to his mind. So, well, yeah, good uh, question. So you think there's actually, a German, there's actually a German listener right now going, Ich nein! Ich nein! Christian! Oh, boy. Is that, that how they talk? We, first, of all, we, first of all, we definitely have German listeners. So they're definitely out I'm there. I'm sorry, German <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, showing Jeff. how ignorant and stupid I am. Hey, I, I, I mean, I promise you, when we went to Germany, it was one of my favorite countries of all time. I couldn't I'm, believe I'm kind of jealous y'all been there. I, dude, I would love to practice my German. I mean, that would just be so much fun. Hey, speaking of you being a dumbass. Bring um, us to Germany, you back Christian German listeners. That's right. Well, um, Each nine. But, Matt, listen, listen to, Matt, you, you got to hear. Okay, go ahead. What Matt. I wanted I, I to say was I am, I am very, very happy to hear Peter say that we are the, the bridge to the Americas for him, that he got back into America, and America's because of us. That That's really good news to all the international people out there. If anybody needs us to do any work, uh, for the government, maybe we should maybe we should be the ambassadors to ISIS. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, Hillary. You know what I mean? <laughs> when Hillary becomes president, we might be ambassadors. Yeah, we put the ass in ambassadors. <laughs> so okay, I got I got to tell Matt probably one of the dumbest things Toby's ever done, and I promise you, I did not get mad at him, but there was a part of me my heart broke, and he freaked the hell out of my wife. So uh, I forgot where we were coming back from but uh so what we do is my my son is five years old now and so <laughs> I just remembered what it is. <laughs> this is 
It is, dude. It is. All right, so uh, Priscilla will leave the back door open. Hold on. Can I say it from my perspective, and then you, I'll stop, and you bring it in. Matt? Okay. I'm, no. I'm, no, you cannot. No, no. You don't ever let me do stuff like that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm I, telling I, the story. No, just let I'm me, telling the damn hold story. On, nobody will under, Let me just tell you. I'm not going to ruin your story. All I want to do is tell my part, and then I'm going to hand it off to you. I'm You're not, not going to hand it off. No, I, I, I swear. You're going to run with this shit. I swear to the God of all creation, I will. <laughs> Hear this. Okay. So Matt, Hear I, have, this. I have to take Joey home because he has a kidney stone. He's out of his mind. He can't drive. Right. Right. So I drive to the back of Joey's house. Joey's son, William, is outside. Of course, I know William. I think this will be funny. I start honking my horn, horn and speeding towards him. Go <laughs> yeah, ahead, Joey. Of course. Of course. All right. So the setup makes total sense. I, I can see that. It was basically right. like my nephew. All right. So a kid who I think is my nephew. All right. So Priscilla leaves the back door open. And uh, no cars whip around there, so we're super comfortable. All our neighbors are, are super slow. And so we've never had any problems. And we tell our kids, you've got to stay in a certain area. So Toby whips around the corner. No. It, yes, you do. Let Joey have his right. turn. So, so Toby starts laying on the horn, and all I can see is the backside of my son running as fast as he can. I swear to you, he did, he does not even turn around. No, he thinks he, I'm dead. So, <laughs> yeah, this is so, what my dad warned me about. <laughs> I didn't listen. Apparently, I didn't listen to right, that. So, so basically, what you, what you right. can understand is as Toby whipped around the corner, William was not even facing this way. So he heard the car horn, and he takes off running. And so my heart breaks for my son because right. I'm thinking uh, William he thinks, thinks he's he is a dead little boy. <laughs> His life is over. And so immediately I roll down my window, and when he finally thinks that he's in a safe zone, he turns around, and I'm immediately saying, William, hey, buddy, it's dad. And so you can tell terror turns into a smile. But next thing I know, my wife is running out yeah, of the house. She, Priscilla comes running like a mom who's is, is like lost. And so she yep. bangs on Toby's window, and she is she is immediately uh, neutralized by seeing who we were. But she was just like, I. About you mean she came all died. the way to She's, bang on the window of of somebody who she didn't know who it was. No, no, no. She knew she who was it was immediately. Okay. She was a mom that was running to save her kid from yeah. death. <laughs> right. It killed her. She was in the house, and she hears a horn going, bah, bah, bah. And she's thinking, did my son just get hit by a car? So she runs out there, and she Toby, was mad, too, because she tried to open my door, and I locked it real quick because I was really scared. I was like, oh. I, just, no, I, realized, I think, her, oh, anger, damn, I I think her anger was diffused immediately. Yeah, 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 but she and, was mad. Like, she wanted to, like, it was one of those things where you're mad, you're so mad that even if you just had the You just had the adrenaline and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you got to hit somebody so, do so something. William so William didn't have a chance to know that it was Uncle Toby or anything. He just was terrified. No, no. So I actually, I actually Toby comes around, and I pick him up, and I think there was a part of you that felt bad for second because you immediately grabbed him and put him on your lap to kind of make sure yeah. he was okay with you and stuff but i seriously was just like that's the most terrifying thing to ever put a kid through well to me i think I, that's like the thing that he'll but remember was for it the rest fun? of his life <laughs> <Yeah. being> <laughs> <laughs> like he'll, he'll think man remember that time you, you that, uh, yeah, i thought i mean there are times because when he I wasn't my in actual father, danger right correct no. right okay right, right right but he will remember it he'll remember it as all you know i, I think that that memory will be lodged in his brain hey, toby you it know what funny. it might save his life because he he's asking to be careful yeah, that's now. true so he knows it can happen not many people but me and joey who is his father 
are the probably like a very small amount, a small percentage of humans who have seen a five year old run for their life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've seen a five year old go, oh shit. What? <laughs> like his eyes were like, I have to We run. didn't see his eyes. His, no, he was looking at us when we came in. Then when I honked, you're right. He turned around and booked. He had to make a decision do I stay and die? Do I run and try to live? <laughs> See, I don't recall it. I don't me. recall it that way at all. It seems like he was facing the other direction, and he heard the the, the car horn, and maybe he's just so. Like, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> Either way, he he had to make a decision. I can't stay. It shows good parenting, though, because we we've, we've obviously taught him when you feel dangerous, run. You run. You, run. you just run the hell away. <laughs> now, I've, well, Toby, I mean, I, we've I know, said it probably on the show before, but I've seen the same thing happen to other pedestrians when Toby's behind the wheel. Toby. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, I mean we've done that before. Through, we've been doing that since college. Yeah. Toby would would drive off the curb, drove off the curb one time, honking at somebody, and blew blew bro, uh, broke a had a flat tire, and the the kid up on the sidewalk did the exact same thing that William did. He took off running with his backpack the opposite direction of the car. So, Toby <laughs> mentally, um, what William did physically mentally is what I want to do every time we get to this point of the podcast. No. Like the the terrifying physical uh, outburst of William that you saw with your eyes is what goes on in my head that you can't see. No, no, I I, I really do feel that way, and I I blame you for it. I blame I blame the damn news for my depression. Don't you ever blame I'm, the damn news. I'm depressed hey, because hey, of I the gotta, damn news. I, I know you you guys. I'm gonna say it here. Um, our friend Ball, whose name is Paul, but we call him Ball, he drew an awesome picture of the damn news, and I think I'm going to put it on a T-shirt. All right. I'm not going to cut him in on any of the profits, but I might make a damn news T-shirt because it's awesome. I'll send it to you guys and see. But with that being said, this is the damn news. Matt, can you kick it? In a world where the number one newscaster in the world tries to run down five-year-olds with his car. <laughs> what do you think William's actual words in his brain were? <laughs> like, in his brain, if you could dictate exactly what the words were in his brain, was it like, I mean, he doesn't know profanity. So was he, what, did he think, like, a five-year-old running for his life, did he just think the word, like, end? <laughs> <laughs> Like, what does a five-year-old think about death? Does I, he think death? I think he's pain. thinking what's happening. Does he what's, think pain? What's, what's happening right now? From If I could give a real quick possible scientific answer, when kids are younger, uh, they they have much less developed prefrontal cognitive thought. So they probably don't think as much from the point of view that, that adults think from where you're thinking words and thinking to yourself in these clear executive thoughts. He was most likely um, – Thinking in pictures, thinking in just emotion and feeling in pictures is kind of what goes through. So he just saw a picture of all of his arms and legs burning. Yes, actually, that's actually right. That's probably more accurate to what he saw as like potential. What you know, because the kids live more in the moment and just are you know, they're not thinking as as much collective thoughts in words. But yeah, more pictures. So probably his mangled body laying in his backyard across his mind. Matt, if you were if if you were in the back seat of that car, would would you have? Um, Felt emotions of oh I know my gosh. exactly what Matt would have done. Matt, what right, have done? no, I want Toby to guess then. Yeah, I'd Matt like to know. Died know. laughing. Oh, I definitely would have died laughing. <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, I died laughing at, at, at 
finally. Yeah, no, but, you left. <laughs> but but Matt, would you be would would there be any part of your heart that's just like, damn, and I hate that for William. <laughs> um, I think that's what would make me laugh. I mean, honestly, like I would feel the the tragedy of it, and then see Priscilla and think about you, and think about what that meant about Toby, and that would be just. I don't think I've stopped laughing for a really long time. <laughs> but I think that's based on Matt, considering all those emotions. Yeah. Like I, I would consider them, and that's to me what would make it funny. Right. Matt really laughs. Him and Dave both. More than my jokes that they think are funny, they they think it's hilarious that I would do something like that. When like, Toby takes it over the line, there's nothing better. There really is nothing better than Toby. I mean, who do you know? What other friend do you have that you no, call there's uncle? No, there's nothing better. Would Jared, would your brother Jared, who's their biological uncle, drive his car towards them? No. <laughs> I mean, nobody would. That's what I'm saying. What's really funny about that is how long we've been friends, and I've been doing shit like that to you forever, and now it's progressed even to your family <laughs> all right I, i'm gonna say something that we we very well may need to edit um and if we don't edit then me saying this will just be funny matt toby was yelling out the window the other day <laughs> i'm going to fucking kill you to people <laughs> real people uh, and i'm looking that. at him i'm like what what are you doing? We were right. Sometimes I ride down the road and do you, stuff because I have to. You, you don't so have to explain it to me. The- you don't have to explain it to me. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen the same thing, and I'll, I'll just clear it up. Yes, yes. There's nothing better. There's nothing more entertaining to me than when Toby clearly goes beyond the line. That is my favorite thing in life. Is Toby taking things way out of the realm of reasonable? You know, way over the line for sure, and so that's my favorite I mean, thing on the podcast. The on the podcast, that's my favorite thing he does when he's get gets into something or goes over the line. And I'd have to let y'all know that it, I mean he's running at a mere sixty percent whenever he's doing anything obnoxious on the podcast. If that, like we try to make the show good and try to be real, but you're getting a mere glimpse of what what is possible, folks. I mean, you really you're really not I mean, getting the full the full yeah. anything of it. This is a hard sensor for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, dude, I, I, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking realistic thoughts. Like I would yell out the window crazy, silly things, but I'm thinking that dude is running full speed to his car right now, and he's gonna catch up with us and kill us. And then you, you said that to someone that couldn't defend themselves, and they're probably sitting there. Those guys are gonna come back and kill me. Uh, yeah, an older lady and a <laughs> a teenager should not females should not get yelled at while they're riding down the road. No, <laughs> no, of course. But it not. is funny. Yeah, you're a worship leader. Damn it, it's funny. <laughs> like you could probably get fired. I have from- a condition. Are they gonna fire me for a condition? <laughs> <laughs> it's a damn okay, condition. Fire- <laughs> I have a damn condition. You're gonna fire me for that. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually I actually think we may should edit this if we can get fired. No, come on, this is totally fine. And for all we're doing is saying some word. I have. Can't is something wrong with me? There's something definitely yeah, that's wrong what with me. You got my condition is killing people. I don't kill people. I don't. <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> Joey, and that's your damn news. No, Joey, no. you've done the best job so far. If you don't like the news, you've done a great job of egging it on to prevent news from happening. Toby, I think we only got time for one story. Will you still hit us with one? One story. Uh, sure Hell will. yeah. I sure will. It is funny, though. It's a dream I'll, come I'll, true. One comment is, 
I mean, if anybody has a condition, it's me. Everybody that I've ever known <laughs> says something's wrong with you. <laughs> something's wrong with you. I mean, everybody. It doesn't matter if it's the doctor at or this, my friends. This my day parents, and age when somebody wife, says, yeah, when somebody's somebody, looking at me at one time, seriously. <laughs> seriously, somebody's <laughs> looked at me in the eye and said, hey, listen, something is wrong, <laughs> something with, you. Is wrong with you. Yeah, in this day and age, it bet more than ever before. I mean, you, especially with the understanding of mental illness and all the stuff we've talked about, Peter, from now on when people say, there's something wrong with you. You could just say, I know, please help me. That's all you got to say. All right. So our good friend, Dumpy, whose name is Scott Sinclair, helped me find this article. And it comes from South Carolina. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, man eats cocaine in brother's butt and dies. <laughs> <laughs> A South Carolina man's brother died. We, we did just laugh after saying somebody died. Brother died after police said he was forced to eat cocaine hidden in his brother's butt. Both brothers were taken into custody on allegations they had drugs in their car, but police told Charleston, South Carolina, where Joey and I live, TV station WCIV, there were additional drugs hidden in the 23-year-old D'Angelo Mitchell's backside. Officers said D'Angelo Mitchell convinced his brother, 20-year-old Wayne, to swallow the ounce of cocaine to hide the evidence and he died soon afterward Ugh. it's sickening said north charleston police chief john zomont uh i got upset when i saw the thing i was i saw the thing i don't know why they said what did he see i guess he's talking about dead not the cocaine but uh i was pretty shocked <clears throat> so basically do not no matter what if somebody has something in their butt don't eat it. Don't eat it. Well, what did he die of? Cocaine overdose, right? He had a full yeah. ounce of cocaine and just immediately overdosed. Yeah. yeah. I, now, here's how uh, uh, unaware, uh, ignorant I am to drugs. How, uh, an ounce of cocaine. How much? When people do cocaine, how much do they do? Like, if you're going to go party, you oh, don't. Do, an ounce is a lot. You deal with I'm cocaine in grams, like for the you know personal consumption. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like a gram yeah. is a is a big amount. A gram is what weighs the same as let's say a paper clip. So uh, you know, a penny, oh, a penny, a penny is several grams, and then the, how, how uh, much is an ounce? Like, what would an ounce be? Um, I can't. I'd have to do the conversion real quick, but uh, you know, I think one ounce is the exact same uh, weight as Joey's penis and balls. <laughs> <laughs> 